American politics are in a state of hysteria right now. Discover the deadly reason why so many people are adopting insane ideas. Next on The Key of David with Gerald Flurry. Greetings, everyone. Adolf Hitler started World War II, and uh, there happened to be about 60 million people killed in that war. It was considered the worst suffering on this earth to that point. Hitler said that if you tell a big lie and repeat it enough, eventually people will believe it. Now that may sound very strange, but it did happen to the German people and the German nation. It really did come true. He told a big lie, and he kept repeating it, and they sort of uh, fell in line uh, with that big lie. An amazing truth that we haven't learned that much from, really, as we should. But could that happen today? Could it happen to uh, America and the British peoples around the world and the Jewish nation in the Middle East and other nations? Could that happen? Well, some people say it already has, and to some great degree. Hitler said, What you tell people in the Mass in a receptive state of fanatic devotion will remain words received under a hypnotic influence a hypnotic influence, or radical and impervious to every reasonable explanation." Now, he did have a hypnotic influence, more so than what is normal for sure. And how did that all happen? What was really happening in his mind? He's just saying here that you don't worship intelligence, you don't worship God, you worship the human will. He said, This is a new age of magic interpretation of the world is coming. He's introducing it. Of interpretation in terms of the will and not of intelligence. So that doesn't that same spirit, uh, don't you see that in politics even today? That uh, people rely on that will and worship that will and not intelligence, not real, solid reasoning? Do you see that in political parties today? Well, I think we all would have to say yes to that. A new age of magic interpretation. Let me read to you a verse here from the Bible, a couple of verses, in Colossians 2, verses 18 and 23. Notice what it says. Let no man beguile you of your reward in a voluntary humility, and worshiping of demons, it should read, intruding, worshiping of demons, intruding into those things which he has seen, that is a correct translation, vainly puffed up by his fleshly mind, which things have indeed a show of wisdom in will worship." Will worship. Now, they are worshiping the will. Well, what, what does that mean? Uh, when you do that, you actually uh, well, whatever you will, you worship that. doesn't make any difference what kind of proof somebody may have, or, or what kind of intelligence they may have, and their reasoning would uh, make what you're doing look stupid and foolish. It doesn't matter. If you worship the will, that's what has to be fulfilled. But what people don't realize is, look at the end result of it. 
Look at what happened to Germany in World War II. They were totally devastated because of that magic interpretation of the will. It always leads to suffering. Now, this is the kind of influences that we're seeing in America and in the media, many in the media. I want to read you a quote from my booklet, America Under Attack, and we'll send you a copy if you don't have it. All of our literature, of course, is free. But notice what it says here. Reporter Michael Hastings published a book called Panic 2012, The Sublime and Terrifying Inside Story of Obama's Final Campaign. In it, he described the intriguing personal effect that the President would have on the journalists covering him on the campaign trail. Now, this is, this is uh, something that's astounding. In an interview about the book, Hastings told MSNBC's Martin Bashir, quote, but that's the presence of Obama, even on the press corps, even on the people who follow him every day. When they're near him, they lose their minds sometimes. They start behaving in ways that are juvenile and amateurish, and they swoon. They, they swoon, he says. Well, what does he mean by that? This guy became very famous as a journalist and died as a, in a mysterious way at a very young age, which uh, maybe I'll talk about another time. But uh, it goes on to say here, can you explain that? What a terrible indictment against our media. Again, there are some Republicans uh, that swooned along with uh, the Democrats, so it, it afflicts uh, the whole political, uh, the political scene in many ways. What is going on? Reporters swooning and acting like nervous teenagers around a politician. Is that normal? I don't remember ever reading anything like this in American politics. Well, I've never seen anything like it. Is it possible that the media is beginning in many ways to worship the will? Can that be done? Well, it happened to the media in Germany, and it happened to the political scene, in the political scene, and in education and just about everything else. Even Hastings himself admitted to getting caught up in this behavior around the President. I do, he laughed. I totally, oh man. Hastings described a recent opportunity he had to ask a question of the President, or questions. Did I ask the hardball questions? He admitted with a smile, no, I did not, opting instead to ask the soft questions. Again, what is this, what is this about? Isn't this exactly what Hitler was talking about, will worship, kind of swooning over Adolf Hitler, and following him in a kind of a mad hysteria? I tell you, we have to be concerned about this because you can look at Bible prophecy, and it always leads to the most fierce, intensive suffering you could imagine, as it did in World War II, the worst suffering ever on this earth to that time. And it all came about because of worshiping the will, not having a sound reasoning in your mind. Here's what Herbert Armstrong wrote about the Communist Party in 1956. Notice what he says. He wrote about how Russia was waging 
a kind of World War III against America. Quote, a psychological warfare of propaganda, infiltration, subversion, demoralization. It is a warfare that has attacked our minds and our moral and spiritual values, rather than our bodies and our earthly possessions. It's a kind of warfare we don't understand or know how to cope with. It uses every diabolical means to weaken us from within, sapping our strength, perverting our morals, sabotaging our educational system, wrecking our social structure, destroying our spiritual and religious life, weakening our industrial and economic power, demoralizing our armed forces, and finally, after such infiltration, overthrowing our government by force and violence. Now, they always said, this is kind of like the, their uh, mantra, the end justifies the means. In other words, they can do whatever they will, and the end will justify it. Well, no, if they really look at the end, it doesn't justify it, but they deceive people into thinking that. And uh, Communism, even though they have a party here in this country, it's not a political party. Their goal is to destroy the Constitutional Republic. David French said this, quote, about the University of Missouri and their uh, rioting and, uh, well, uh, their revolutionary cries. And uh, recently, and a constitutional law attorney, David French, said these students are revolutionaries, and the revolution they seek is nothing less than the overthrow of our Constitutional Republic, beginning with our universities. Well, who is, who, is, who is corrupting our young people? Well, Mr. Armstrong said, well, like nearly, uh, well, about 65 years ago, that, uh, that this was exactly the goal of the, the Communist Party, as it's so called. But it's like a fifth column movement, really. And uh, we did just simply lack the understanding to do something about that. Notice this, according to a former staff director of Senate Investigation Subcommittee, in the years between 1935 and 1953, the Communist Party USA enlisted the support of at least 1,500 professors. Well, how about that? Now, that's, that's, that's a long time ago. That's uh, close to 70 years ago. And they, they were having that kind of an impact on our educational system. And now today, they're even the young people are out there uh, in a, well, in a revolution, really, chanting about uh, communist slogans. That was in 1953. Now, is, is this really what we want? Is this what we want? Do we realize what is happening in our country, in America? It's happening in Britain. It's also happening in many ways in the Jewish state, in the Middle East, in other Western uh, democracies. Revolutions lead to unbelievable suffering. Now, let me quote you something from former President Barack Obama. He told the party, he said, look, there, there are some Democratic donors that do not want to tear down the system. And he received fierce criticism because of that. 
Now, one thing you think about it, if we have a political party that wants to tear down the system, is that a political party or is that somebody, a movement that is worshiping the will and lawless beyond words to describe? Lawless. Where is it going to lead? Well, young people don't know, but we're going to all see that it's going to lead to a lot of suffering. I mean real suffering if we don't wake up and see what's happening here. See, God tells us how to avoid that if we would just be willing to do so. But think about this. A political party, quote unquote, saying, that, uh, well, some of our donors don't want to tear down the system, but then on the other hand, there are some that do want to tear down the system, and that's pretty obvious. But do we really understand it? Do, any, do the Republicans really understand what they're up against? Uh, and the Democrats, do they understand what they're up against? Those that, well, don't want to tear down the system, do they really understand? God has a lot to say about that that we need to know, but when you start talking about this out in public and where people are picking up the quote, I mean, this, is, this means it's pretty bad. I mean, it, we're well along the way into a really serious problem. God doesn't want us to tear down the system, which is going to bring suffering on this nation and uh, the Western world like we've never seen before if we don't wake up. But again, the communists go around with this, this mantra of, well, the end justifies the means. We can just do anything. You can worship the will. It's okay. This is a psychological war. That's what it is. That's what Herbert Armstrong called it, and that's what it is. And it all has to lead to something uh, we don't like to think about. But we have to think about it, or we end up with uh, World War III. That's essentially what, what happened in World War II. And there's going to be another World War III, and the same nation is going to start World War III as they started World War I. And we're going to have to wake up and see what is going on. What happens if you worship the will? Well. Paul said in Colossians 2, don't let any man beguile you with enticing words. And he said, you've got to be rooted in Christ, uh, verse uh, 6 and 7, as you have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk you in Him, rooted and built up in Him, and established in the faith as you have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. As you have been taught, there were first century Laodiceans, and there's the end century Laodiceans. It's dual. And he says, look, you've got to get yourself rooted in Christ. Well, how do you do that? Well, the Bible is Christ in print. That's what this means. That's how you have to get rooted in Christ. You, you, can't, you don't even know how to do that if you don't know that the Bible is Christ in print. And he's telling you what to do and what not to do to have safety and peace and joy. And notice what it says in verse 8, Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit, after the tradition of man and the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. 
Colossians 2 and verse 8. The rudiments of the world, well, what does that mean? Today's English version translates that expression as ruling spirits of the universe. You have this philosophy about uh, worshiping the will. That's really what he's talking about. I've already quoted a verse that talks about will worship from this chapter. And here it's about ruling spirits of the universe. Thayer's lexicon defines after the rudiments of the world to invade of evils coming into existence among men and beginning to exert their power. They have power. And this is a, there's an evil spirit world out there. If we don't know that, we don't know anything about our Bibles. I mean, that's, that's taught throughout. Jesus Christ went around casting out demons just routinely. Where did they all go? Are they dead? Did they die? They don't die. And millions of them are confined to this earth. In fact, all of them, along with Satan the devil. Revelation 12, verses 7 through 12. Now, when you look at that, what he's really saying is, you want to know what worshiping the will is? You're being, beginning to be ruled by ruling spirits. The demon world, that's what Paul is telling them. And you know where he was when he was writing this? In jail, because he was teaching the truth, trying to get his people to save themselves, and they put him in jail, and later on, of course, he was killed, martyred. Then, of course, we, uh, I read the verse before about uh, intruding into those things which he has seen. This is a person that's been there and actually turned away from God. And then they surrendered to the devil. That's what it amounts to. This is, this is uh, something that ought to electrify us and wake us up, frankly, uh, because God wants us to live. And yet we choose death so much of the time. Ninety-five percent of God's people have turned away from Him in this end time, and fifty uh, percent of them are going to lose their salvation. That's what your Bible says in several prophecies. Verse 19 talks about how they have lost the head. They've lost Christ the head. They had Him as the head of their, their lives and their, their church, and they lost it because they got into will worship, and it was all taken away from them. And Salvation, spiritual salvation, is at stake for those people. Now, that's just a little flock today. Most people have never known God, and they're going to get to know Him through a resurrection if they never knew Him before. On CBS, January 27, 2013, uh, there was a professor at Georgetown University, and here's what he said. If we are to take back our country, we have to start making decisions for ourselves and stop deferring to an ancient and outdated document," said Louis Michael Seidman. This man teaches constitutional law at Georgetown University Law Center in Washington, D.C., and was speaking on one of the big three television networks. He's talking about we need to get rid of that constitutional uh, this constitutional republic, and destroy the supreme law of the land that has brought such wealth and blessings and, and all kinds of good things to us. And, in, and that constitution is based on many biblical principles. 
And here's a man saying, well, now if we want our country back, we've got to destroy that. Well, that doesn't make sense, taking it back. It's always been a constitutional republic, at least uh, it, it, it's that way, uh, it's losing it, a lot of that constitution as time goes on, but still is a constitutional republic. So he would take America back to, well, not back to, he'd just take it into a, a worshiping of the will. That's what, what is happening here. In some areas of our country we can see it and need to be aware of what's going on and what's happening. Paul talked about verse 18 of Romans 7, For I know that in me that is in my flesh dwells no good thing, for to will, to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good I find not. In other words, you see, we do have to battle, we have to fight to make sure that we don't worship the will, but we, we try to do everything we can to decide with intelligence and hopefully with righteousness and good morals and all of that, or you lose everything. That's what Mr. Armstrong was talking about. We have to see the potential for evil and see what we have to do to correct it, get ourselves grounded in Christ, and that'll never happen. Promise from Colossians chapter 2. But there's a war going on here, and you can easily surrender to that power of this world that leads this world and rules this world, and it's going to lead to just the most powerful uh, evil and uh, suffering that you've ever, ever seen on this earth. The human heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked, and it sometimes begins to uh, uh, worship the will. We have that National Security Agency. They lead the world in cryptology, and they have the art and science of making and breaking codes. And they are into cyberspace and all that, and they can just practically uh, do anything to find out what you're doing. And they, they have actually, that has been used against our own people here in America already. And they, once they get all that information, they can find out about what you've done in the past, what you, you plan on doing, what you think about doing, and it, and it has been used against the American people. Just a couple, three years ago, one of our intel departments, they hacked into the Senate Intelligence Committee, our own Senate Intelligence Committee, and people go around today talking about a coup. Well, uh, what, what is a coup? Well, the uh, Oxford Dictionary, I may have given this before, but it, it is this, uh, coup or coup d'etat means a violent or illegal seizure of power. This is not just a word, it's, a seizure, it's about a seizure of power and treason. What does that mean? We talk about that too, the offense of attempting by overt acts to overthrow the government of the state. That's not just a word, it's, a, it's, a, it's an act that actually brings about the suffering of millions of people. Sixty million in World War II, what will World War III be like? And it is coming. But you can see this, you go over to Daniel 8, I'll just paraphrase this, it talks about the host of the stars and the, also the host of the fallen angels or the demons, talking about a demon army as well as the, an army of angels there to protect us if we will accept it and not 
start transgressing God's law or throwing out the Constitution. You see, again, God tells us to be subject to the powers that be. Regardless, we, are, we, we ought to be doing this. But you see, there's always somebody there that wants to get us to worshiping the will. And we've gone through that in our church and seen that they absolutely destroyed the work for 1150 days, Daniel 8 tells you all about that, and then we had to raise up this work, and I, it, there's all a great ending, a great ending here that's going to bring in the return of Jesus Christ to bring us peace and joy and happiness. Until next week, this is Gerald Flurry. Goodbye, friends. Paul wrote the book of Colossians from jail, away from the problems that were beginning to creep into the church in the first century. God's church today is in a very similar situation, its leader removed from the scene. God wants to see what we will do individually when a strong spiritual leader is gone. In other words, God wants to see how well we can follow our true leader, Jesus Christ. Request Gerald Flurry's free booklet, Colossians, First Century Parallels, to understand the terrifying truth about will worship. This mortal sin devastated God's church in the first century, and it has done so again in this end time. Only a faithful few avoid the seductive pull of will worship and remain loyal to God. You will also receive Gerald Flurry's free booklet, America Under Attack. The deadly force of will worship dominated the last U.S. presidential administration. The greatest nation in world history was brought to the verge of total collapse by an evil spirit power. You need to know why America was attacked and severely weakened from within. Also request Gerald Flurry's free booklet, No Freedom Without Law. The main consequence of will worship is the complete disregard for law. People everywhere fight and strive for greater freedom. At the same time, they fight against law. That shows a dangerous misunderstanding of the nature of true freedom and the need for righteous law. The fact is, without law, there's no real freedom. Do you have the attitude toward law that leads to real freedom? All our literature is available free of charge, at no cost or obligation to you. Request Gerald Flurry's booklets, Colossians, First Century Parallels, America Under Attack, and No Freedom Without Law. Order now. For the free literature, call toll-free 1-800-339-7629. For the free literature, call toll-free 1-800-339-7629. All our literature is available free of charge, at no cost or obligation to you. Request Gerald Flurry's booklets, Colossians, First Century Parallels, America Under Attack, and No Freedom Without Law. Order now. For the free literature, call toll-free 1-800-339-7629. For the free literature, call toll-free 1-800-339-7629. If you would prefer to write, send your request to The Key of David, P.O. Box 3700, Edmond, Oklahoma 73083. The preceding program was a paid presentation of The Key of David, brought to you by the Philadelphia Church of God.